You're listening to the Human Business Narrative Podcast with your host, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Eastern European, Ivan Tamilkov. Yo, what's up, you lovely humans? My name is Ivan Tamilkov, a digital practitioner, human evangelist, and startup founder of Razor Sharp Digital. We help companies become more human and reach their customers faster using omni-channel marketing approach. Thank you for tuning in to episode 18 of the Human Business Narrative podcast with my special guest, Allison Donaghy. If you are a first-time listener, thank you for downloading my podcast. I am truly humbled and most grateful to you for spending the time in doing so. This is a podcast where we discuss human business, human centricity, entrepreneurship, digital marketing, social media, and special guests like Allison Donaghy share their industry experience, compelling stories, and business growth. The one major key takeaway that you should be extracting from each episode is the importance of human centricity in entrepreneurship, business, and marketing in today's modern digital world. Before I forget, head on over to bit.ly forward slash human business to download your free copy on five essentials of strategic human marketing, a great resource to have in your marketing arsenal and something to reflect upon. If you would like to be a guest on this podcast, please send me an email to Ivan at razorsharpdigital.com or you can simply tweet at HBN podcast guys my guest interview with uh, Allison Donaghy was really more of an open conversation and that is something that I have been striving for lately here on the podcast if you haven't noticed that simply because one of the things that I've discovered is that a lot of the guests simply were slightly hesitant to having a, a very structured approach and any podcast and that is something that I think I'm slowly veering away from is to where I used to have something that was a lot more structured for instance I would have questions ready for my guests to ensure that they had they had their responses prepared prior to the actual guest interview since this is a pre-recorded podcast and it's not being broadcasted live Therefore, allowing the guests enough time to prepare their answers for those questions. Now, what I did discover is that many of you guys showed a preference towards having more of an open conversation and therefore allowing for more raw material. Now, I'm a huge fan, especially from a human-centric, human business standpoint of having open conversations simply because of the unpredictability of those kinds of conversations. Yet, still trying to remain on focus and on topic and talk about one or two specific subjects that are of intricate importance of or of a core specialty in that particular guest. So having said that, this was another great open conversation with Allison Donaghy, someone that has been in business for almost two decades, someone that is a cause and effect strategist, which by the way, I thought that was a really unique title, an author, a speaker, and a radio 
host. So with that being said, I don't want to spend too much time blabbling about this and that and we'll reserve all the core meat and potatoes of this podcast for the guest interview with Allison Donahue. So here we go. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, this is episode 18 of the Human Business Narrative Podcast with special guest Allison Donaghy and of course yours truly, Ivan Temakov. Here we go and I will see you on the backside. Hello, everyone. This is Ivan Temelkov here on the Human Business Narrative Podcast. And today I'm joined by Allison. Allison, how are you? Hi, I am well, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. I'm equally as excited. Uh, <laughs> tell us, you know, who you are, what you do, you know, what got you to where you are today. You know, what's your story? Oh, man. Okay, well, I guess it started a while back. I was as a single mom and I was with a guy and he taught me how to paint houses. Mm -hmm. And so uh, then he lapsed into drug addiction and my life got horrible for about six years. And then he passed away and I thought, Oh goodness, what am I going to do? I found myself on welfare and I thought, well, oh, no. yeah, yeah, it was, it was a challenging time, but it makes us who we are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I'll start my own business. How hard can it be? The, the guides are doing it. I can do it. Sure, <laughs> and, sure. And really all I knew was how to put paint on the walls. I knew very little about product. I knew very little about sales or business in general. And mm -hmm. it didn't take me long to get off welfare just because, well, <laughs> there's no money on welfare. So you don't have to do much to sort of exceed that income level. And then business just kept getting better and better and better. And that was in January 2000. So here we are 18 years later. And wow. yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride. My son is mm -hmm. now taking over my company. And so that has freed me up to do things uh, that I feel passionate about. Not that I don't feel passionate about the painting and the business and all of that, but that's not, I really want to make positive impact in the world. And so I started a company called Domino Thinking, where mm -hmm. I challenge people to think about what they think about. And under that business umbrella, I'm a cause and effect strategist, and I've written a book for business called Think Opposite, using the domino effect to change your business, change the world. And I really am exploring this, um, this whole world of creating space in your life so you can think about what it is that you're doing and your beliefs and how you're proceeding and how that's mm -hmm. impacting your tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. interesting. Very Thanks. interesting. So you're, you're kind of... Uh, you know, you've got a, a bunch of things that, that you're into. And interesting, <laughs> something that you mentioned, you know, 2000, so it's been 18 years since you started um, your business is, you know, um, one of the, so one of the things that I talked about recently in, in a video is this, uh, the reasons that you should be getting into business, right? Because I think a lot of people don't necessarily get into business for the right reasons. Uh, mm. Maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago, not so much these days, but in the earlier days. And you mentioned that, you know, you got into business for yourself because you wanted to make a change mm -hmm. uh, in life. You wanted to impact the world. And I think that's probably one of the best reasons to get, you know, into business for yourself, you know, besides having the freedom, right. And flexibility, <laughs> you know, to be able to impact the world is probably mm -hmm. one of the best reasons to, um, you know, get into um, business for yourself. So when, when you work with people, so you have your own business, right. Um, 
you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the entrepreneurial uh, journey of, you know, building the business. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what your business is, what you do, what your specialty is, and mm-hmm. you know, how do you feel that you are impacting the world in that, in that aspect? Well, when, just, just to sort of close off the, the house painting part of it so that we can talk more about the domino thinking because that's more current. With the domino, with the house painting, my whole purpose there was to just put food in my fridge. <laughs> that's what it started out as. And, <laughs> right. and to be able to see my, my kid on a more regular basis. And uh, because I had been working three jobs trying to stay off welfare and that just, I, I couldn't see my kid. So that was my purpose mm-hmm. then. Now with the domino thinking, I fully believe that an unexamined belief is a deadly virus. And mm-hmm. if we don't start thinking about the beliefs that we have and the reasons that we do what we do, we find ourselves in situations that we don't want to be in. And when we have this active awareness that comes along with exploring our beliefs, and our Mm -hmm. business and our choices and our governments and our policies and whatever it is that we're getting engaged in. Sure. Then we can start understanding how we can impact the world. So in my book, I talk about how we get really clear first on who we are and why we're in business. And Mm -hmm. then how does that impact our customers? And then how does that impact our staff and our community and the world? So just by, you know, we, we think that we're just one person in the sea of people. And in some level we are, but when we make one change in a positive direction, that ripple effect affects so many people in ways we can't even imagine. And I think that should really be the goal of mm-hmm. why we're in business. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, just to experiment a little bit upon that, you know, so first of all, I noticed on your website that, you know, you're giving away a free audiobook. Also, so mm-hmm. I want to throw that in here as well, because um, that's a $20 value. And, you know, think opposite is, I think, such a such a important topic. And a lot of people question that, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not, you know, thinking opposite is beneficial, especially in business, right? Right. Um, I want to go back a little bit to the point that you made that, the ripple effect and the fact that one person can change the world. I mean, we've seen a lot of great leaders in the history, right. Mm -hmm. That have made an impact on the world. And these are just average people. I mean, they started out like, you know, me and you, there were no different, Mm -hmm. you know, than, than both of us. And uh, the point I'm trying to make is just that, you know, me personally as an Eastern European, you know, being a naturalized citizen uh, here in the U S is, you know, I I think the, the cultural barrier to, and the difference between, you know, how one person can make an impact is of huge significance. But not mm-hmm. only that, it's not necessarily the way I perceive it from a cultural st- standpoint, right? But the fact that I think that so many people are in disbelief that they can make a change in the right. world, that they can well, impact the world. Yeah. Well, yeah, all you have to do is, you know, cut off somebody in traffic and you know what sort of impact you can make. Right. And, right? <laughs> and, and that can affect your entire day. And then right. you're, you go to work and you're cranky and then that, your customers get cranky with you because you're cranky with them. And right. I would like to point out too, you know, we talk about these big change makers in the world. The only difference between Gandhi and you is the media. Right. You doing what you're doing, the way that you're doing it is having an equal effect, but nobody can conceptualize it or articulate it or know necessarily even where it's coming from because there's no media following you around, uh, showcasing what it is that you're doing, making a cause out of your cause. Yeah, absolutely. That's an excellent point. 
Right. So if the media never picked up on Gandhi, Gandhi still would have been Gandhi. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, the point, you know, that's an excellent point because, point because, 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 I, because I think that the media is just an amplification um, uh, platform. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. all it really is. And uh, to your point is this, you know, I, I'm in full congruence of that. And now one of the things I try to emphasize on this podcast, too, is the importance of the human centricity and how just by trying to be a human and just by, you know, infusing yourself into the real world that you can make a change. You can live the life that you want. And, um, you know, some of the things that you talked about is some of these influential leaders, especially is that we don't necessarily need the media. I think the media, you know, such as social media specifically, or uh, just the digital landscape as a whole is really just a springboard Mm -hmm. to help us amplify our message and share that message um, across the universe, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a that was a really good point that you know you 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 mentioned about the fact that anybody can impact the world. I mean, all you have to do is just figure out how you want to impact the world. And <laughs> to your example yeah. is, you know, you cut off someone in traffic. Well, that's <laughs> for sure it's going <laughs> to be an impact and probably going to wreak some havoc. And you know, you're going to have a, a few debuckles going on, but hey, call, call it an impact, you know, mm-hmm. uh, positive impact, you know, is I think a lot harder nowadays because um, the stratosphere is just so much more saturated. There's so mm-hmm. many people out there that are sharing the same message. And one thing that I go back to talking about is, you know, when it comes to content and context specifically and sharing information and trying to impact the world is that, so being a, a former search guy, one of the things I used to love that Matt Cutts, who was the former head of web spam over at Google, mm-hmm. would say is that over 25% of the information in Google is repurposed. So the point behind that is what resonated in my head is this, that you can only say something in so many ways without mm-hmm. coming across as, you know, either repetitive or redundant. So I, but I think that there's still plenty of room to be able to impact the world with a key message. It's just a matter of finding out what that message is, your approach, you right. know, you're delivering your presentation. So I'm a. Well, and I think that we place too much emphasis sometimes on what we say, because the way we act, I think carries way more weight in mm-hmm. the actual words that we say and how we make people feel and what we get people to think about. So I think it's how we connect with people as opposed to re- regurgitating our message over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were talking before this podcast started, you, you were so gracious and kind to me. I don't remember all of the words that you said, but I certainly remember how nice you were to me. And mm-hmm. that I will take with me and I will carry that through my day. And you, you probably don't even know the impact that that is going to have on mm-hmm. the rest of my day. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I ran across um, a quote um, recently, a gratitude cancels all negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really good quote. That It is. I'm not a I'm not a guy that gets stuck on quotes because I think <laughs> some of them become cliche eventually. But yeah, the point you were trying to make is absolutely because everything that we talk about in this podcast is you know uh, focuses around circumvents around uh, being human, right? And human mm-hmm. in business specifically. So you know it might be just you know that kind gesture of you know having a, a greeting or saying hello, how are you today, or just you know be, showing us signs of gratitude, you know. 
uh, or, you know, curiosity even, or uh, saying to someone, you know, hey, have a great day today, you know, that can have a huge, huge impact because as human beings, regardless of whether or not you're running a business or you're, you're trying to focus on your personal life, it's those little things that have the biggest impact, mm-hmm. literally. And I think a lot of, you know, the day and age that we live in, uh, there's just so much noise currently. Yeah. There really is. I mean, on the marketing side specifically, one thing that, you know, business and marketing that I talk about is, you know, the average consumer gets bombarded with over 1,500 different marketing messages per day. You know, and this is why, you know, we dislike, you know, watching TV commercials. Uh, That's why we like to hit the skip ad button on YouTube. And the next time we see an ad, you know, we figure out the quickest way to nix out of it because it's annoying. It's untargeted. So, and our attention span as a result is getting shorter and shorter, Mm -hmm. right? So it's mainly because there's so much noise in the world. There's so much clutter and it's uh, very difficult. Like what we're talking about is this. How do you craft your message that's going to be impactful to the right audience, which kind of segues into my next question that I wanted to ask you. So, you know, we are talking about impacting the world and, you know, your business and the things that you're doing. How do you feel that you're making that impact in the world? How do you feel that you are creating that impact and and creating a, a sharing a core message that's impacting others? I think a big part of it, and this is a really good question, um, is as I really try hard to meet people where they're at. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was on a, uh, I sat in on a workshop and one of the facilitators was talking about sales and they said, you need to find out right away what kind of person your client is so that you know how to, to sell to them. And are they the person that needs information? Are they the person that wants to connect to their feelings? And, mm-hmm. and all I could think about was how about just talking to that person like they're a human being and ask them what they want. Sure. And so I think when we do that with all of our interactions, at least for me personally, that allows me to connect with people so much faster. And then when I can connect with them, people can trust me. And then we can start talking about the tough topics, like why Mm -hmm. their business isn't doing what they want their business to do. Um, We can talk about their beliefs and how, they, those are mountains that they want to die on. And it doesn't necessarily need to be that way if they just understand where that belief is coming from and then create space between themselves and that belief so they can not be so emotionally charged by it. Mm -hmm. But I could never do any of that if I couldn't connect with people and understand where they are at. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, so you were talking about customer acquisition from a sales standpoint, and mm-hmm. this is something that uh, you know, with with my own startup and digital consultancy, is um, being human centric. Is just that I'm a such a huge fan of the fact that um, acquisition takes a lot longer nowadays, and it's mainly because most prospects, potential customers, people that you want to do business with, is they are a lot more emotionally centric. They, they want to be talked to, like you said, like, like human beings, right? And not being underestimated, you know, mm-hmm. or necessarily being sold to. I mean, uh, look at what's happening in the retail industry right now. You know, Macy's, J. Crew, uh, Michael Kors, you know, and not to mention is some big brands that, you know, have uh, folded over the last couple of years. As a result, uh, Blockbuster Video, for instance, who thought that, you know, nobody would, you know, Netflix when they came around and they thought that nobody would rent DVDs, 
you know, mm -hmm. via mail and then eventually, you know, that nobody would stream videos, right? Well, it was, it was, it was because of the change in human behavior, basically, you know, mm -hmm. humans just became a lot more peculiar and selective about how they absorb media and entertainment. Well, you know, I think businesses became um, complacent in understanding their customers. Like those businesses that do the best are the ones that can adapt and move and change as needed. Mm -hmm. And they can, you know, uh, predict with, you know, of course, there's no certainty in prediction, but they could try to anticipate where the world is going and get there ahead of everything else. That's where all of these great businesses have done that so well, is that they are ahead of what we don't even know we need yet mm -hmm. yep. and they're already planning because they can see that trajectory of where we want to go and those businesses that don't do well are the ones that just fall into complacency and stop mm -hmm. seeing their customer as valuable Absolutely. so often we, we see our customers as a nuisance somebody that we have to placate and it's like oh i just have to get these customers just for another sale well, imagine if your marriage was like that. Oh, I just have to feed this guy, my husband so that he can just shut up. Like, right. Right? right? But you don't have healthy relationships that way. And all relationships, whether it's a 15-minute sales call or if it's a 15-year ongoing coaching program, I don't know, um, there needs to be that understanding and that connection. We have to be able to see each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the, <clears throat> the silver lining behind this is this, you know, I think a lot of companies are at the mercy of the consumer. Mm -hmm. because we, you know, as consumers, we have a lot more power and authority than ever before. We have a voice and the specifically, I think what social media has attributed towards is giving consumers a voice. Now, whether it's a good or bad, <laughs> I was gonna honestly, say. that's a whole another subject to talk about. But nonetheless, it's a voice that mm -hmm. I think, you know, I, we have seen a lot of influencers, you know, build brands around them, simply because they have a voice, or they mm -hmm. can exercise that voice. And they know how to strategically, you know, exercise that voice. So that was an excellent point that you made. And something that um, Jay Bear was actually talking about that I was listening to not too long ago is that um, by 2020, uh, based on some recent statistics, it has become evident that by 2020, emotional engagement and experience will be uh, two of the most uh, key determining factors in purchasing amongst mm. consumers, yeah. um, whether you're buying a product or a service. And uh, this is why I'm such a huge advocate, a huge advocate of that, because you literally have to create that holistic experience when you're working with someone to the point to where you have to get to know them on a personal level. You know, you have to understand what their likes are, dislikes are, you know, um, uh, you know, to have family, to have kids, you know, are they family oriented or, or whatnot? And, you know, not really extremely interpersonal, but personal enough to understand their habits, right? And mm -hmm. what they enjoy doing. And only then you can, you know, as that sales guy was saying in that workshop that you referenced earlier, is this that sell to them. And, you know, most consumers will tell, well, I don't want to be sold to. Yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. an added value proposition. I don't need to be sold to, I, or I don't want to be sold to, mm -hmm. you know, so there's some key terms, you know, terminology specifically um, that, you know, it kind of reminds me of my earlier days of boutique agency world and, you know, using those cliche marketing terminology to sway prospects, right? 
and that's no longer true. You know, it's just a matter of value and a proposition and also getting to know that person, mm -hmm. you know, spending some time, which is precisely something that I really, really enjoy doing. This was actually one of the reasons why when I started my podcast is that I was so ecstatic about the conversations that I would have with people like you uh, that would share perspective and that would share perspective that is similar and aligns with the methodology behind the podcast um, too. So let's go a little bit, you know, let's go back a little bit about, you know, talk some more about some of the things that you're currently doing, um, you know, to impact the world. I know you mentioned some things, but I think we kind of got off a little bit of on the tangent, which is okay. <laughs> I enjoy getting off on tangents because mm -hmm. sometimes some of the best conversations spark from that, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's go back and, you know, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, your business and what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're an author, obviously, you know, uh, you are also a radio host and uh, I guess a lot of people perceive you as a cause and effect strategist, right? Which is yeah. by the way, really cool. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. You know, to have like the cause and effect, because in reality, everything is cause and effect driven, right? And, mm -hmm. well, and we are living in such a busy world where we're all wearing this badge of honor. I don't have time. I don't have time. And so we're in reaction mode mm -hmm. all of the time, even when we don't need to be, it just seems to be our permanent state. And mm -hmm. so we then make a decision on the fly and then wonder how we ended up where we ended up. So I work with people so that we can talk about where people's business is and what got them there. And if that's really where they want to be, and if they want to be somewhere else, then what choices can we make to get them to those other places? And we talk about it in very holistically in terms of problem solving that heading in that direction. Mm -hmm. And then the relationship between customers, if they have a client base, a staff, if they have staff and how does it all actually synergize? Because it is all of relationship and we are all really striving to matter in this world. And mm -hmm. I think most of us suffer from thinking we just don't matter. So whenever we can talk to people about what matters to them, that's the conversation I want to have with people. Mm -hmm. And then how can we build out from that? Um, my book, Think Opposite, breaks that all down. It's actually available in bookstores um, throughout North America, chapters, Barnes Noble, and Noble, mm -hmm. uh, and a bunch of other little uh, other, other ones on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be available, as you say, as an audio book for a free download, but on my website, dominothinking.com, but only for another week or two before that's taken down and replaced with something else. So if people want to get it, they should hop on that yep. as soon as possible. Again, that's dominothinking.com. My radio show is called Think Opposite. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can find it pretty much anywhere. And mm -hmm. I bring on guests and we talk about uh, issues that are sort of non-status quo. I really want people to start challenging the things that they hear, the things that they believe, because it's only in that that we're going to grow. If mm -hmm. we don't question ourselves and what we stand for, we're never going to be able to grow. And I see this gross polarization, especially with the whole American election, that mm -hmm. people get into different camps and that is where they're staying. And people are ruining friendships and um, business relationships and all of that over wanting to die on that mountain of what they believe in. And yet they haven't even explored what they believe in. You know, so, I say, one of the things that you pointed out is different camps that I wanted to interject is um, mm -hmm. when there's, when it's a matter of sex, money, religion, um, <laughs> and politics, um, that's exactly what happens. And you race. Know? 
and race absolutely mm-hmm. you know race yeah. is another one too so um you know you that was a very key point that you made and that's why i wanted to interject because you're absolutely right you know i think it's it's creating a divide between people it's ruining friendships and relationships mm-hmm. um oh. but one of the things that you know you mentioned before that too that i also want to expand upon is uh, I think in a way you were kind of maybe indirectly implying also differences between introverts and extroverts. Um, also the way from a communication standpoint, expression standpoint, as well and how people, you know, approach that from different sides of the table. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're um, an introvert, you know, which I was, I personally was a former introvert, you know, now being more of an extrovert for many, many years, you know, it's the different line of thinking that you have, you know, and the way that you just really perceive the world, you know, the way that you envision opportunities. And like we're talking about in this podcast is the way that you ultimately start to feel and see how you can impact the world and that you have something to offer. Because, you know, I think everyone has something to offer. You have a lot of great things to offer to the world. And that was one of the main reasons why I was so excited to have you on the podcast is to talk about, you know, the different things, different experiences, you know, you've been uh, in business for you know, coming up on almost two decades, right? You know, so mm-hmm. when you're in business for that long, you know, you, you'll learn a thing or two, right? Is you know, you have quite a few crash courses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for sure. You know, and you got to have those, you know, it's mm-hmm. just intricate of, of business. But these are all important lessons that I think, you know, are, are worth recognizing. Because, for instance, one of the things that um, we also talk about on this podcast is entrepreneurship, which we've kind of touched a little bit upon, you know, in the course of our discussion. But, um, you know, in, in the midst of entrepreneurship, you know, I think that today's perception of entrepreneurship is uh, very idealistic, especially with very. Um, young entrepreneurs, you know, being under the belief that, you know, I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs or the next Bill Gates, <laughs> you know, and that's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. And the reality of things mm-hmm. is no you're not even close, you know, you don't yeah. know the pros and cons. And, you know, there's so many, one of the things that I'm, I'm really intrigued about and, you know, being entrepreneurial since I was 14 years old, I'm 37. So over two decades, you know, there's always been that passion and commitment, but you know what? Passion and commitment is not enough no. in business and entrepreneurship. You know, you got to have practicality <laughs> and yeah, most yeah. times, you know, you need time, money and patience and probably luck, mm-hmm. you know, a luck is probably very essential too. So, you know, some of the things that we talked about too is, is I kind of translate a little bit towards entrepreneurship and thinking how, you know, a lot of today's entrepreneurs are, you know, seeking that instant gratification, you know, and that's just not how, I mean, you've been in business for almost two decades. You have all people know that, right? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Not, it's, it's definitely not like that, but at the same time, there are very important lessons that you learn. And I think failure is part of the journey. You know, it's part of anyone's journey is, you know, we fail, in, whether it's in, in our personal lives or in business. Uh, but I think that, you know, and this is a lesson I've personally learned the hard way is, is that, you know, the, the difference between someone who fails and continues to fail and doesn't do anything about it is, and the person who's optimistic is that an optimistic individual is willing to take action. You know, you can fail and mope around it and, you know, maybe you lost your house or you lost your job or you got divorced or whatever. But what are you going to do about that to change the status quo, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So what are you going to do about to, to improve, you know, the quality of your life or maybe, you know, if it's, if it's business related? I mean, you know, having that optimistic mindset and then, 
uh, I listen to a lot of other gurus and influencers too, and I keep hearing this word optimism, literally. It's like the constant is, you know, you have to be optimistic, optimistic in life, especially if you want to impact uh, the world, change the world. I mean, you know, Gandhi, you mentioned Gandhi, right? Martin Luther King, right? I mean, what do these guys have in common? They were optimistic, right? And they continued going and going and going until they felt like their mission was fulfilled, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that was a really, you know, important point, just to kind of expand further upon some of the things that, you know, you mentioned about how people, you know, uh, can impact the world and why should they care about impacting the world? Even if you think that you're incapable, you know, every person has something unique to offer. Mm-hmm. And, it's and if we have to be doing something, we may as well be impacting the world in a positive way. Right? It's, why yeah. not just throw that into the mix? Like there is no downside yep. to that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the positive impact, I mean, you referenced it earlier. This is the fact that, you know, we chatted a little bit prior to the commencement of this, of this podcast was a highlight of your day, right? In essence, because of the gratitude and the, and the conversation that we had and the way that that was expressed. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's just, you know, it's, it's a small token of, you know, impacting someone's day you know, and it could be the littlest of things and it could be the biggest of things. I mean, you know, attention to detail and, and small things have the biggest impact, you know, just saying hello to someone, you know, I, um, interesting story I want to share with you is, uh, so, um, my son has weekly swim lessons. And one of the things that I have found is, is how I've differentiated, um, you know, introverts versus extroverts with other parents, um, you know, ones that are conversational and ones that, you know, really aren't conversational at all. You know, they just don't care about, you know, talking to anybody, you know, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, whether it's offensive to them. And uh, the one of the lessons that I learned in that is just that, you know, it's important to always share perspective, even when it's with a stranger, even if you make small talk, because you never know how you might impact and change potentially the life of that person. Absolutely. You know, you could literally be uh, say a couple of words. So, um, you know, I use that story as an example because it clearly became evident to me of which of those parents were talkative and which ones weren't and which ones were curious about what other people have to say and were optimistic and which really just didn't care. You know, they're just, you know, the type of people that really just care about status quo and that's it. You know, <laughs> that's, you know, they're fine and dandy with that. Like, um, uh, a prime example is before I, I started my own business a couple of years ago, you know, full on 100% entrepreneur, you know, it was just uh, was kind of living in this mindset of, you know, the paycheck to paycheck, you know, American common story is this, you know, most people are comfortable with um, getting their paycheck every two weeks because they got to pay the mortgage, they got to pay the car payment, they got to put, put foot on the table and so on and so forth. But in the reality of things, you know, you know 60% of Americans hate their jobs. Yeah. You know, and all they're doing is maintaining the status quo and getting up every morning, having a cup of strong coffee and trying to uh, wind themselves up for the job that they hate, you know? So <laughs> I just yeah. kind of see that, you know, uh, as, as the saying, as the definition of insanity, you know, is just that, you know, you do the same things over and over thinking that you're going to have a different result. No, it's just not going to happen. So you have to do something about the status quo. If you want to change, if you want to, change your life, if you want to impact the world, if you want to contribute to the world. And it's important. I mean, the, the underlying core message, I think, is to, you know, in this episode, it's important to impact the world, 
because it contributes to the longevity of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think when we're laying on our deathbed and we look back on our life, we can look back on our life as somebody who just consumed um, whatever came along and just took, 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 or we can look back at our lives as somebody who contributed and created. And I don't know about your listeners, but I want to be able to look back on my life and think, huh, I don't know how many people I impacted, but at least I tried. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's, that's what I want to leave behind. You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, amongst the many influencers out there, you know, one that I appreciate the methodology, the business thinking, and just the overall approach is Gary Vee. And one thing that he mentioned that has stuck with me for many years is that regret is one of the worst feelings one can have. Because when you get to be 70, 80, 90 years old, like you said, in your deathbed, you know, and you look back, you reflect on your life, and you start to wonder about the things that, you know, you've done or the things that you could have done. And, you know, deep in your, your heart that there were so many things that you wished you had it done, but you never took the time to mm-hmm. do it. You know, you yeah. never invested the time, the, the energy, the resources, whatever it was to follow that because it was, you know, maybe a dream of yours, but you felt that it was unrealistic to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably one of the worst feelings, you know, and I think, you know, I don't know if it's because of age. (laughs) I think that (laughs) as we, so they say, as we get older, we get smarter or supposedly anyway, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that uh, uh, that logic is really starting to settle in. So, you know, the thing that you mentioned about, you know, you know, when we are on our deathbed is we begin to wonder and we look back on life and we think, what do we accomplish? Yeah. You know, a lot of people look at their legacy too as, you know, what kind of legacy did I leave? Well, and things are not as hard as we think they are. They, sure. It's 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 the stories that we build up in our head that's telling us that the dream that we want to create in our life is impossible or too hard or it's too big or there's not enough information to help us or anything like that. If if we could just stop that thinking long enough to get started. I think it just makes such a huge difference in, in the outcome. You know, I wrote my book in, mm-hmm. um, I guess when all was said and done, I, I spent five days writing. It's, wow. Yeah. Like it's, it was incredible. I did it That's through an, it is, it's crazy. And I never would have believed that was possible. Like writing sure. a book seemed like this huge endeavor and only smart, really, really smart people and people who had English degrees and all of that stuff could write a book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's not true. It's just, it's about breaking things down to its smallest bits. Like if you're having a steak for dinner, you don't put the whole steak in your mouth. <laughs> you cut right. it down into bite-sized pieces. So right. why wouldn't you do that with a dream? A dream is way more important than a steak. And let me tell you, I love a bloody steak. Mm. But, um, right, but that steak is going to be gone as soon as that meal is finished. Mm-hmm. Pursuing your dream and breaking it down into bite-sized pieces is really what is going to give you the life that you want as opposed to that life mm-hmm. of putting in time. You know, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, you make a very good point because I think that as human beings, we seek that instant gratification. We want things immediately because it gives us satisfaction, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for most people, this is why, you know, I I think that today's society is is very noisy because 
there's so many people out there that have dreams and they have goals, but only a select few are actually willing to chase those. And mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, we also live in a very materialistic world where, you know, I think that uh, our, our decision um, making skills and the way that we perceive things, the way we rationalize, the way, um, you know, we go about things, the way we approach them is clouded by those materialistic things. Um, because it's the eye candy, you know, it's mm -hmm. appealing enough for, for us. And this is where, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't, like you said, using the steak analogy, it's like, I love steak. <laughs> <laughs> I love digesting that, that steak as quickly as, as possible. But, you know, the reverse aspect of that, reverse engineering that is, you know, put it into bite-sized pieces and, you know, put some structure put a plan together, you know, put a strategy together on what you want to accomplish. I mean, um, interesting, you know, I just want to expand a little bit upon that, you know, stake analogy too, is just that, um, you know, when I, when I chat about entrepreneurship with, you know, other seasoned entrepreneurs and, you know, people who, um, you know, have been successful in building businesses, um, they can absolutely resonate with, you know, when you start talking about pros and cons and sacrifices and trade-offs and things like that. And, they nod their head and say, yeah, you know, I've had to uh, take, a, take a, a second mortgage or I had to refinance my house several times or I had to sell my car, you know, just to, uh, you know, uh, furnish and, and support my dream, you know, and you can totally tell the difference between a seasoned entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner and someone who's new in business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, their line of thinking is is exponentially different. <laughs> Because, well, it's like watching somebody who's just picked up a basketball and right. then watching Michael Jordan, right? right. It's, you right. know, and that person who picked up the basketball, by all means, pick up that basketball and play your heart out because you're going to have to put in effort and years before you get to be as good as Michael Jordan. And you may never, ever get that good. And you might become just your own uh, variety of good mm -hmm. or amazing or great. Like you don't have, like Michael Jordan's already taken. Don't try to be him. Uh, right. But right. Absolutely. You know, we, if we don't take, if we don't pick up the basketball, we're never going to get there. But we have to understand that just because we picked up the basketball doesn't make us a pro athlete yet. No, not at all. I, yeah. It's, that's it's a process. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people fail at establishing that line of thinking from the get-go because they, they raise the bar so high thinking that they can compete with with something that they know they're incapable of being. You know? I, I'm not even sure if it's so much that as people mm -hmm. think it's easy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so they think, oh, because when you watch Michael Jordan, and I know he's, he's old, but I'm old, and so he's the only one I know. When you watch mm -hmm. him do like a slam dunk or a layup or whatever it is that he does, you just it looks so easy and graceful. And just he makes it look just so easy. Uh, but when I try it, it's not graceful. <laughs> it's right. not easy. It's not pretty. Um, right. And I underestimate the amount of time it takes to make it look that good mm -hmm. and to actually be that good. Like that's not icing on that cake. That's the cake. That is the brilliance. Right. That is the skill. That is the, the war wounds. That is the trials and errors. That is the, the learning package. And we look at somebody and we think, oh, overnight success. Yeah, oh, that's, that's rare. It really right. is. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I think it goes back to talent and also strengths and weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think it's it's important to recognize what your strengths are. I mean, the reality of things is most people will never be, you know, Michael Jordan or never be a LeBron, LeBron James, right? But you can always be your your best version of those. Um, well, and they can't be you. <laughs> Right. Right. We got to keep that in mind too, right? There, it's it's easy because of the media and all of that other stuff, and we uh, we we create heroes in these people, Mm -hmm. but they are only exceptional at what they do. And I recommend that people listening become exceptional about what they do, because those people will never be able to do, for example, what you do, Ivan. Like that, this Mm -hmm. isn't this isn't their journey. Right. Right. Everyone has a unique journey. Everyone has their own independent path, and I think you know, as human beings, as I think we, we strive too much about, about that instant gratification and satisfaction rather than focusing on, you know, um, building our path, you know, constructing mm-hmm. our path that we're going to walk on. And this goes back to, uh, so something that came to mind that I wanted to share with you as well is the title of your book, Think Opposite. So mm-hmm. um, this is something that, that, I, that I've heard as a constant. So um in my, my prior business life being working with boutique agencies and startups. And um, one of the things that I, I have heard over the last several years, especially is, is that in terms of business growth, one of the things that these principles have shared with me that in a way was kind of eye opening at first, I couldn't quite understand it is they would say, you know, the biggest impact that our business have has had is by thinking opposite, by mm-hmm. doing the completely opposite of what everybody else is doing. I'm sitting here wondering like, how in the world does that make sense? You know, like, why would you do everything counterintuitive to what's principally known, right? Mm. Because I think that we live in a day and age in society where, you know, principles and rules and laws and guidelines are our confinements, or we envision them that way, right? right? And the second that we step outside of bounds, like, oh, no, we stepped outside of bounds, you know, we got to get back in formation. Mm-hmm. So, I think that the think opposite is a really key message. And that's why I wanted to bring this back to your book, because um, it's important to recognize that, you know, I, I know several successful business people who uh, think opposite, have done the opposite of what the competition has done, and they have reaped some serious rewards as a result of that. I don't know so much about, you know, personal life improvement, but more business centric than anything else. Um, well, I think what we do in business flows over into our personal life and can't help but help us grow. Like we, we sometimes act like we're separate from our business, but our mm-hmm. business is just an extension of who we are. And so if right. we're learning something in our business, we're learning something as a person. We can't learn something in our business and not change as a person along with it. It's we can't just step out of those clothes and step into other clothes. It's like when you become a parent, most of your decisions after that all are based on being a parent. It, it skews everything in that direction and it should. Um, and what, what it does is it, if you can start thinking opposite at work, considering your perspective, considering the opposite perspective, and then really assess both of them for the value that they each have and then make a decision, you, then you can proceed with some perspective. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it in business, you're going to do it in your personal life. You're going to have a conversation with your teenage kid and go, whoa, hang on a second. I am 50%, minimum 50% responsible for teenagehood. <laughs> I am the parent. What I taught them before now or didn't teach them before now is going to be amplified now. 
And if you can stop, suspend your own belief as a parent about you're right and you're the parent, and actually think about the perspective from your teenage side and remember what it was like when you were a teenager and really try to honor who they are and where they are at. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to agree that one o'clock is a reasonable curfew. You can still hold your ground at 11, but your conversation is going to be different if you can really understand why they want to stay out till one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It flows over. It's all, it's all joined. It's all connected. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Allison, I've really enjoyed our conversation. And this has Thanks, been, me too. you know, really a, a good jam. And, you know, in closing, I just, you know, I wanted to share with the listeners too as well and give you the opportunity, you know, can you tell us, you know, if, they, if people want to reach you, if they want to start a conversation uh, with you, what is the best way to connect with you online? I'll, I'll, I, I answer all my emails. So if somebody wants to contact me at info at dominothinking.com, that would be mm-hmm. fantastic. You'll either find me on a variety of social media platforms under Domino Thinking or my name, Allison Donaghy. And you can hit me up in any of those spaces too. But mm-hmm. email's easy. And as I say, I do answer all of them. Very cool. Very cool. Allison, thank you so much. Once again, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for contributing. Thanks, Ivan. It's been a pleasure. That was a really awesome jam session with Allison Donaghy. I hope you guys truly enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm becoming a bigger fan of open conversations and really not having anything that's specifically coordinated or structured. I think it just makes conversations a lot more fun that way. And there's just so much more room for, well, getting off on tangents, which even though I hate tangents, is I think getting off on tangents and these kinds of conversations is of uh, a different perspective and adds different value, hopefully, to this podcast and hopefully to your business as well, to your life. First and foremost, one of the things that we strive upon in this podcast is to create a better understanding of the human centricity, not only in your personal life, but also how that translates into business as well. So I hope you guys truly, truly enjoyed this guest interview with uh, Allison Donaghy. And let me know what you think. Make sure that you follow me out on the socials. Feel free to comment on this podcast as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback always. That is something that I am continuously interested in i i do enjoy hearing input from you guys so with that being said as always remember to keep it human until next time bye bye